Welcome to Think About This. I'm Alexis Dean, and I am so glad you're here. For years, I've been building a community of high-performing, high-impact, wildly generous, and supportive entrepreneurs. I've made a lot of introductions between incredible people, and I always wish that I could learn from the conversations that take place after those introductions. On this show, you and I will get to be part of the conversation as I bring together two successful entrepreneurs for peer-to-peer support and discussions that normally happen behind closed doors. Listen in as we solve fascinating business challenges with lessons and ideas that apply across industries. Get ready to learn, expand, and grow. This is the Think About This podcast, brought to you by the Dovetail community. This week's challenge we're tackling How do you scale your company culture while rapidly scaling your business? It's easy to brainstorm some nice sounding company values and slap them on your office wall for appearances. Just ask the team at Enron Gas, an energy trading and utility company that perpetrated one of the biggest accounting frauds in history. Their office walls proudly displayed the core values of respect, integrity, communication, and excellence. Obviously, you and I and leaders like us want to foster values in company culture that are more than just words on a wall, especially as we expand our businesses and grow our teams. Unfortunately, company culture often falls to the wayside as companies experience rapid growth. On this week's episode, Ina Lakshin asks Christy Harold how to set the stage for her company's rapid expansion and keep her company culture intact. Dr. Ina Lakshan is a naturopathic doctor from Toronto, Canada, with a clinical focus and deep passion for women's health and hormones. Ina is the founder of the Hormone Rebalance Center, servicing Ontario and British Columbia. She's also the creator of the signature Hormone Rebalance Advantage program. Her mission is to educate, elevate, and empower women to be the best version of themselves and feel happier and healthier with the help of natural hormone rebalancing. Ina is a mom of three girls, ages three, five, and one and a half. She is a lifelong student who loves learning, reading, traveling, spending time outdoors, and living an adventurous life. Christy Harold helps connect people through play and helps companies unlock profit through play. Christy's vision is to get 1 million people playing annually. Christy is the founder and CEO of Jam, powered by the Sport and Social Group, which is a multi-million dollar global business that has connected over 1.5 million people through play since its inception. It's one of the largest adult recreational sports leagues in the world, and more recently, one of the world's top providers of play to corporate teams. In 2020, Christy was named to the esteemed Canada's Top 100 Most Powerful Woman list, and she was a top three finalist in the Canadian Woman Entrepreneur Awards. Her organization has been certified as a great place to work in Canada, and in 2009, she was awarded the Governor General's Queen's Diamond Jubilee in recognition of her contribution to the community. Christy is a mom to three busy teenagers and a bonus mom to three more. She has a passion for active living, travel, speaking, and entrepreneurship. And throughout her life, she's been a proven connector and community builder. Christy believes we're never too old to keep playing. By the end of the conversation today, you'll have some great advice for improving and scaling your company culture, getting your team on the same page, rewarding team members who demonstrate your core values, setting a strong vision for your company as you grow, and more. Let's dive in. Ina, what are the questions that you are coming to uh, this podcast with today? What are we looking at here? I wanted to ask Christy, what are the three to four sort of key things you recommend focusing on to set the stage for scaling? So 
Ina, thanks, Alexis. Thanks for having me. It was I was really flattered to be uh, to be asked to join you. And and Ina, it sounds like you've got some pretty exciting opportunities ahead of you. I do. It's it's great. I think this question is a is a great question. Three to four things to focus on um, to set the stage for scaling because there truly are, I think, three really important things to start with. And and if you can start with that, um, if you can start with those, you're going to set yourself up uh, really well. And those three things, I believe our purpose, values, and vision. I talk a lot to different business groups around the world on building a strong culture. And I have my, I do this, a top 10 list. And I always start my top 10 list with those three things. So for the, for the first one, purpose, I think it's, some people maybe would call it a mission. A per, it, I think it can kind of be interchanged, but in terms of purpose, I know like with, with JAM, Powered by Sport and Social Group, our purpose is connecting people through play. So it's really defined and everything we do is about finding ways to connect people through play. Um, so I think if you could do that with your organization, is, do, do you have a purpose lined up right now? Like, is that clear for you, yourself? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's as concise <laughs> with a couple of words as yours, but but definitely to service. Uh... And, and a little something, a little something you might try, Ina, is, is um, actually I did this years ago. Um, survey everyone on your team right now ask them what do you think our purpose is and you'll start to see whether there's alignment there or not and just how clearly defined it is or isn't and it'll create that opportunity for you to kind of once you're very very clear and your team is really clear on the purpose um you know it'll it'll really help you with guiding all your decisions so then the next the next um step is values um core values i'm I heard about core values, I don't know, probably 2013. I started my business in 1996. So ran, ran a very successful business without core values for years. Um, but once we got our values really clear and we, had, we did a really fun exercise to, to get that the values established, um, once we had that those values, it made all our decision-making so much uh, more streamlined and easy because we could always reflect back to our values. So uh, is core values something that you you have, do you have your core values established? Yeah, so we actually did a, an exercise and funnily enough, I kind of feel like they've changed a little bit now. Uh, and so that was maybe one of my perhaps follow-up questions for you is, do you revisit them? Do you feel like they ever kind of change as your business changes, as your culture actually changes? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and we did. We actually, that's a great question. We did ours in 2013 uh, for the first time and then, we revisited them. I think it was 20, 2018. Um, we did a little revisit and a revamp um, on them. And um, what I think is really important with core values is that not just you know them, but everyone on your team should know them. And it's something that um, if, if everyone on your team can't, I, I don't, I don't know how many you have. Um, we have six. It's probably one too many. I wish we just had five. And I think I could actually. I could probably simplify it to five, but um, if you have so many that people can't remember them, there's not a lot of point. Mm -hmm. um, they need to be remembered. And also, I think a lot of a lot of people sort of think once we have our values, we just have to put them on a wall on our wall, like in a nice plaque or with a nice sticker at the office, and make sure that they live there, and then that's it. No, I would totally disagree. I, I think yeah, put them on your wall for sure. Um, but don't stop there. You actually have to live and breathe them and you have to find ways to ingrate them, like get them 
integrated into your everyday culture. So as an example, um, we don't just have them on the on our wall. We have a, our mouse pad with, with our entire vision that has our core values listed out. Everyone has the same mouse pad that has all the vision and values um, and purpose right on their mouse pad. Um, but we also have, it's not just about having them written down in places, we award around them. So on a monthly basis, we do our core value award. It's a peer nominated award. And I take the time um, every single month I read out every nomination that comes in. So um, people who, people are hearing themselves being shouted out and acknowledged um, for living and breathing one of our core values with, with a rationale as to why, what, what did they do that? So, you know, anybody on the team can nominate anyone else every month. And the, per, the, the person on the team who gets the most nominations um, receives the core value award and it's a trophy. It looks like a, it stands about a foot tall. It looks, it's, it's a half eaten apple core, like literally a core. I'm a very literal visual person. So it's an apple core. And on the base of the trophy is the six core values are written there. And we award that and it sits on their desk. Now we've been doing it virtually since we we're not in the office and um, whoever wins core value award for the month gets a special zoom backdrop that shows that they're the core value award. So every meeting, every we do a huddle every day at 10 o'clock for five minutes and you can see who our core value award winner is for the month. Um, we also do this for our part-time employees. This is not just full-time because we want our entire organization um, to really be living and breathing those core values. So every month we do a, um, we have a, we have a fun, we call it our jam jam, like our virtual events. Um, a virtual event is a jam. And so because we're now, called jam it's the jam jam <laughs> anyway and at that before every month's jam jam we uh award the part-time employees the core value award of the month and and i do it like i read it read them out and and um shine a light on these people and then in addition to like the core value award we have um we have our slack channel um that has a, it's a shout out channel and on a daily basis there's i would say at least three shout outs a day if not sometimes 10, 12, I mean, and it's always, uh, we try and encourage the shout outs to be based around core values, right? So you're shouting out someone for helping you with something or for uh, doing a great job for a customer or um, coming up with a great new idea, whatever it is, but it's always bringing it back to those core values. Um, does that, so that kind of, I give me, give me lots there around core values. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm actually curious if when you onboard new people, um, I assume you obviously, teach them about your core values, maybe? We actually ask them about, first of all, as, a, as part of our interview process, we specifically ask them, um, which core value do you feel would be really easy for you? And which one do you think might be the most challenging for you? Um, because you, know, you really wanna make sure when you're hiring people um, that they will fit the values. That our core values aren't going to speak to everyone, nor is our purpose, right? connecting people through play somebody might be like wow that's so not interesting to me like that sounds horribly you know whatever and whereas i know for me that gets me excited to get out of bed every day to, to connect people through play but that's not for everybody so go, knowing your purpose and your values i think is really helpful when you're hiring people um so we ask what what which of our core values you know do you think would be super easy for you and which one would be most challenging. And it's really interesting because you do start to learn a little bit about an individual and, and um, everyone's different. So as long as they're gonna be complementary to the team, 
uh, and fit with those values, it, it usually helps, um, you know, build out the team that way. Um, and then, yeah, we do do as part of our onboarding. We have, it's not just the core value written on the wall. It's actually, and, and by the way, core values should never be aspirational. They should be what and who you are, not something, not what you're aspiring to become, but truly who you already are. And um, so our core values, we have them listed out and then we have examples of what that means, like kind of two or three points. And then we also put it into sentences sort of to really drive home the point. So our core values are chase the vision, uh, treat everyone like your best friend, take pride in what you do, deliver what you promise, um, get shit done and find a better way. Those are our six core values. And, you know, someone might be like, well, you know, find a better way is so going to be up my alley I, because I'm, I'm really a curious person and I, I hate repeating the same thing and I'm going to always be looking to find a more efficient way to do things. But, you know, treating everyone like your best friend, I might, some days I'm not really all that nice or I don't know, like whatever somebody, you know, when you're interviewing people come up with all sorts of um different answers and again so it really does help you to understand um the individuals that you're bringing onto your team and it helps you to to decide is this the right are they the right fit based on these values um if you haven't built out or if you're looking at reassessing your core values a fun way to do it we did what we call mission to mars mm -hmm. and this is when you take sort of three or how many people are on your team now you know we have seven, seven. So, but they're part-timers. They're not necessarily all management level. Okay. Maybe pick like three people, three or four people on your full-time team and ask, ask them to join you for this Mission to Mars exercise and tell them we're going to be opening up our business on Mars. And so I need to know, I want you to each write down three, the top three names who we're going to send to Mars to, to open up our business. And then they write down those names and you can, I was very clear when I did this, my name doesn't need to be there. Like I'm not gonna take offense. So don't, don't put my name cause you think you have to. Um, and then I asked, what is it about those three people? What is it that makes them the, what are the characteristics? Give me three characteristics about those individuals. And so then you have this list of characteristics and that's where you can start to see which ones overlap and how can you build out a value? And um, I've also heard, you know, you want your core values to be pretty simple and easy to remember, but one word isn't a core value. Um, it's, it, you know, that's why ours aren't one word. They're a little more explanatory. Now, yeah, I did, uh, um, my brother shared one with me one time that was one word and it was simplified. And that makes a ton of sense that, that <laughs> if your value is, you know, is to simplify and be efficient, then maybe one word for that core value makes sense. But um, anyway, does that help? In terms of yeah, for sure. I was actually curious if, because uh, I think where I struggled before um, with core values is looking, I tried to look up a list of what kind of core values out, are out there. See, ask the team, which one, you know, I gave them all the laundry list and said, which ones do you feel we, we embodied, you know, but I like your also differentiation between aspirational versus what we, uh, what we currently, who we currently are. Um, and, and, and maybe what we will try and do is reframe it from a one word answer to um, like sort of like how you have it, where there's also in a sense kind of an example and it's a, 
you can build out, um, you know, you sort of have your value, whatever the value is, and then you can build out some examples around that that you can share as part of your onboarding. And I think as long as you ingrain it as part of your everyday culture, that's the that's more important than anything, I, I really believe, is once you know what your values are, it's constantly talking about them and acknowledging them because that's how that's how it becomes part of your culture and that's how decisions um your team will start to be like well you know but i don't know i'm trying to think of an example um you know we have to we have to do this new process we want to introduce this new process well does this fit with our core values you know and uh, well, actually, yeah, one of our core values is find a better way. And I think this truly is going to be better for the business. It's going to be a better way. Um, and it's going to help us with our purpose of keeping people playing, connecting people through play. So we should tr totally do this. Whereas something else maybe isn't going to fit with the values. Uh, I can't, I'm struggling to think of examples off the top of my yeah, head. But I, I like that. I like that. It's kind of also in a sense, you're a um guiding star when yes when you, can star. You, run, you run them by your values yep hiring um hiring decisions all kinds of decisions that when you're struggling with decisions you can always go back to your core values and and see does this fit with me like and you can you can do that gut check based on your values always which is really powerful and then the third so the first purpose and values I think are very, very critical. And the third item um, to answer your question that I believe is really powerful for setting stage is vision. And this is, if you haven't read my brother's book, I'm gonna give a shameless plug for my brother, Cameron Harold. He wrote a book, I don't, I'm Ooh. looking for it. He wrote a book called Vivid Vision. I have it, okay. I read it. <laughs> yeah. I have read it that he's your brother that's awesome I have probably all his books <laughs> oh good yeah yeah he's written some great books um and yeah so vivid vision I find it incredibly powerful um and we did a, I did our first vision uh in 2016 when I first decided I wanted to really scale the company um I did a three-year vision for 2019 and you know built out I actually did a video and I shared it with all our team and um and then I went through the same exercise again in preparation for vision of 2022 created this awesome video and did a big presentation to all our full-time and part-time team um and that vision got wiped because of COVID. And so I've actually just revamped and done a vision for 2023. We added a year because we, we had to, this past year has been a bit traumatic for my business. Um, but um, as I was saying earlier, I think having a similar to core values, having that vision, it's great to have it written down. It's great to have it come to life in some kind of a presentation, whether it's a video or, um, and I can, I'm happy to share with you offline some of the, the ones I've done, um, you know, or a PowerPoint or uh, any, some kind of document to really like own it and put it in writing. It's a very, very powerful exercise. And I think it makes it, it will help you get out of your head, what you're trying to do with the business and into your employees, your team will start to understand. It's, it's sort of like, you know, it's like building a house. You need the blueprint to build a house. And that blueprint, if you didn't have that blueprint, trying to build a house, like how are you telling the co general contractor or the plumber where the plumbing pipes should go? Where to, how does the electrician know where the lights go and where the, the painter, how do they know which walls to paint? Like you need blueprints, right? You've got yeah. to put those that down. 
And so it's very, it, it, when you kind of think of it like that, it seems so obvious. Like, of course, I have to sort of map out where I see the company being in three years. And, and it may not all turn out that way. And that's okay. But having it written down is powerful. We took it one step further. We created a, a vision checklist. Um, so I've taken this whole vision and mapped it. I put it into a spreadsheet. And every quarter, we go through the checklist and see, we kind of give ourselves green light, yellow light, red light, like green, it's in play, it's we're on it, like, just all we have to do is keep, keep keeping it in play kind of thing, whatever this item on the list is. Uh, yellow, we're, we're almost there. Red, we're not even close, like it's got it, we've got to get it on our on our radar to get after it. And we have metrics, um, like numbers, some of them are numbered, you know, have a, an evaluation based, um, mm -hmm. like, you know, if it's a revenue figure we're going for, like, we, you know, are we on track towards the three-year vision? Uh, but, but certain things may, maybe are more subjective. And so it's just, are we doing this? Like we said, we are going to be doing this by this time. Are we doing it? Um, and so we look at, we look at this every, every three months and we look at it with our full team and, as an example, um, one of my 20, part of my 2019 vision was I wanted to have our own charitable foundation. We'd always given, had a charity partner, um, but I wanted to have our own foundation that we were really giving 1% of our revenues towards helping give back in our community. And, um, and so I wanted to do a, have a foundation where we get kids in inner city, um, vulnerable children, who may not have the opportunity to play sports, the opportunity to play sports for free. And I also wanted it not just to be about donating 1% of our revenue. I wanted our members engaged in giving back to have an opportunity to donate money or their time to volunteer as coaches. So that was, had been my vision, you know, from 2016, but, but it, it was always delayed. It was never the priority. Well, as we're looking at this checklist, we're now, you know, it was the fall of 2019. And I was like, this is our last chance. Like we have the last three month window here to make this happen. And this is important. And I really believe in this. So lo and behold, you know, it was December of 2019. We hired our keep playing kids um, manager and we got that, got it incorporated and it was like all ready to go. I mean, and then the pandemic hit and it's been put on pause again, but um, we will get that back. Right. Like we did the branding around it. And, and if it hadn't been on that vision checklist, if it hadn't been written down as part of a vision to begin with, Mm -hmm. and then checked in on regularly, um, it wouldn't have gotten done. It would have been forgotten about. It would have been one of those fly-by-night ideas, but I really believed in it. And so it was, you know, having, I think having those visions written down and checked in on regularly is really, really powerful. And further, I do believe we, we have our vision actually up on a wall um, in our office. And as I was showing you, it's on a mouse pad and it's not the entire vision. The entire vision is long, but we have the bullet points, the, the high level key points for people, people to stay aligned to are, are written down and, and in front of everyone all the time. I have a quick question about that. Did you, cause it sounded like you wrote the vision yourself. Do you sit with a group to write it? And, you know, I'm guessing you're imagining the same, uh, or is this something you do independently and then you take it to the group and say, how are we going to execute on this? That's a great question, Alexis. Um, I believe that the vision is the job of the visionary. And um, as this, as that's, I am the visionary of my organization. And just because I'm the CEO doesn't mean that I'm necessarily visionary, but that is fairly typical that um, CEOs tend to be visionary and COOs tend to be the integrator um, of that. So I sculpted the vision 
having said that, I did present it to my two business partners and I said, this is, this is what I'm thinking. Any, any massive changes, any like, you know, watch outs, whatever. Um, and they usually kind of throw in some points that I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Like I hadn't thought of that, you know? And um, so it is helpful, but the core of it really was mine. And then that's where I'm supposed to say, okay, COO, now this is, go make this happen. And, and they are pretty awesome at doing that. But I do like, that's where we check in on it regularly. And we try and you can't attack the whole thing. It's a three-year vision. You're not going to attack the whole thing all at once. So it's breaking it down. It's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So it's, that's why I think this checklist is really powerful um, to sort of go, okay, what are the top priorities? If, if in a three-year period, we've got 12 quarters, you know, what are the top two priorities for the first, you know, the first quarter, what are the top two or three priorities that we can attack? And, and then, and then maintain, right. You need to be able to keep it, keep that happening. And then we can attack the next stage of the vision. And then the next stage until all of a sudden, you know, you, you're looking back and you're like, wow, look at all, look at what we've accomplished. And that's the other power of this little spreadsheet checklist that we've created is you can kind of look back and see where you were. You had a whole bunch of reds when you began and all of a sudden you got a lot of greens um, three years later. It's pretty, it's really feels great. That's so nice. That's, that's really beautiful. And um, yeah, that did actually answer my question that Alexis was saying, is it, is it just your vision or do you kind of do that as part of your similar to core values where you get the team involved in it as well, but you did answer that. I actually have an, a follow-up question while we're on the topic of vision. Um, I think one of the things that I personally struggle with, at least at the beginning, I'm coming around with it, um, is my own limiting beliefs about sharing, not only setting really like audacious type of vision, but then also bringing it and sharing it, especially when you're a small business and you're starting out and you're dreaming so big. I had my reservations of like, are people going to think that I'm crazy? Uh, are they going to think, you know, what is she thinking? Um, and a lot of it is probably my own limitations, but I'm curious to hear any feedback you have as to how to get over your own uh, hesitations to dream big and then also share those big dreams with others. Oh, such a, I totally can understand that because it's really scary to write it down um, when you're like, well, what if I don't? But what if you do? Mm-hmm. What if you can, right? And and so I think it's it, it's absolutely your own limiting beliefs. I think is what will will be what hold you back. But also, if you write it down, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to be judged on did you hit that exact thing. Mm-hmm. You're you're going to be judged, I think, more on how did you how did you get there? What did you do? You know, um, how do you treat people? How? Are, and, and so I think having those goals written down and shared also is very powerful because when we do that, I think the universe has a way of bringing you what you need when you, you know, if you don't write it down and you just keep it to yourself, how are we ever going to know how to help Ina? Right. Whereas if you write it down and you share it with your mastermind groups, or you share it with your team, someone might be like, well, Hey, I know so-and-so and they might be able to help you with that. If you're interested, like when you're ready to attack that part of your vision, I'd love to connect you to this person. Do you know what I mean? Like it's super yeah. powerful to, to put it out there to the universe and, and see what transpires. And look, when I did our 2019 vision, we did not hit the number figure that um, I thought we would be at, but wow, the progress we did make was unbelievable Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, I have a, a, a BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal um, that is part of our vision and it's written on the wall and that is to get a million people playing every year. Now, we've had over a million people play since we started, but on an annual basis. I mean, right now, when the pandemic hit, we were at about 150,000. We would have been around 300,000 had those two acquisitions gone through before the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we were well on our way. Interestingly, since, since we've had to really pivot and start this new business of, of our virtual events business, um, we've had over 50,000 people play this past year. They're not playing football or volleyball. They're playing survey says or scavenger hunts it's a different kind of play it's still speaking to our purpose our core purpose of connection through play and so when we're getting sports playing again you know if we have 150,000 people playing sports and all of a sudden like after one year we got 50,000 people playing virtual events next year I suspect we should be at 150,000 well now we're at 400,000 like my vision for 2023 is to to get halfway to that big hairy audacious goal. I suspect we'll get 250,000 people playing sports annually and 250,000 playing virtual events by the end of 2023. And and if I didn't write that down even though it's scary, um look, even if I get to 80% of that, yeah. it's still better than where we are today and it's we're that many more people we're connecting through play, right? So um I think it's it can't hurt you. It's just going to help you with other people. People want to help, right? That's why vision is one of your three main things, right? To get to scaling. <laughs> That's exactly. And, yep. it, and you can't keep it to yourself um, because your team won't know how to help you. And they, they want to help you. They want to help yep. drive the success of, of the business because they're going to feel if they're driven by the purpose and they share your values, then they're going to be excited with the vision to help you know, pull, pull it all together. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that was great. Thank you. You're welcome. I have a question about aligning your team and Ina, sorry if I, if you had the same question, but when you share a big, hairy, audacious goal like that, do you ever have team members? And I've talked to others who've had this, but team members who are like, that's crazy. There's no way we're going to be able to do that. And oh my gosh, I'm totally overwhelmed. This might not be the thing for me. How do you get them aligned to this big vision without overwhelming them or freaking them out or, you know, scaring away the good ones? <laughs> no, that's a great question. And that, um, so that was the, the day that I just, I was really, I think I mentioned to you guys, I don't know if we were being recorded or not, but um, before, in back in sort of 2015 2016 I was really debating doing something different with my life and I went and sat on a dock for a day and I was thinking what's the legacy I want to be remembered for what do what do I want to leave behind that people will remember that this is what I did and I I realized and, and I also was thinking what what brings me the most joy and it was um I realized then because I was debating selling the business at that time, I realized it was getting people playing, watch, seeing people play softball or ultimate Frisbee. And I could say to my kids as we were driving by a park, oh, look, there's a sport and social club soccer game or whatever. That brought me so much joy. So then I was thinking, well, if that's what brings me joy, why would I sell it? And I knew at that time we were getting 70,000 people playing. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be able to say we're getting a million people playing every year? That would be an incredible legacy. So Um, I went to my business partners and said, this is what I want to do. And both of them, Alexis, had that reaction of, oh, my God, how are we going to do that? Like, that's a lot of people. And I was like, I don't know how, but let's not worry about the how right now. 
that would you like do you agree that that would be an amazing accomplishment for all of us to be able to say we get a million people playing every year we get a million people connecting and laughing wouldn't that feel great and they were like yes it would i said okay so you're on board with the vision whether it takes us three years or 15 years it doesn't matter let's just go chase that vision and that's why chase the vision is one of is is our number one core value is everything we do we need to be chasing the vision. Is it helping get people playing? And um, and so it's. I think it's just reminding people if they feel overwhelmed by a big, hairy, audacious goal or a big vision, is just to remind them. Look, you know, it, it's how do you eat an elephant again? It's it's one bite at a time. It's just baby steps. But if we try and break it down, and that's why I have this, the million people playing is that's not going to happen in the next three years. I don't believe it might, but that's not my, that's not laid out in the next three year vision. That's like long-term and I have it broken down into smaller chunks. Um, every doing these small three-year visions helps you get closer and closer to that big, hairy, audacious goal. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I'm wondering uh, if I can ask a question. Uh, so you mentioned that you started the whole, um, purpose or you may have had it before but would you say there is ever like a you know are you ever too small <laughs> to start implementing those things like even for the business owners that are maybe a solo or have perhaps like one or two people on their team um to you know would, would especially since these are the steps you're saying that you took towards scaling if you'd recommend doing that for every business from the get-go or yeah honestly if I had to do it all over again I, I mean I ran a business for almost 20 years without um, being clear on the purpose vision and values I remember one of my teammates saying I don't really understand where this business is going it kind of feels like we're on a ship that's just floating and and I was like oh wow that's interesting and she was right like for 10 years we just been kind of you know we were growing but there was no real plan in place we just kind of floated along and um we did good work and people were happy playing but there was no real long-term plan and and i think um if i had to do it all over again i would have done this you know from the get-go and always being prepared to keep revamping right there's, there's no rules i mean if if someone had asked me in 1996 um you know, can you imagine getting a million people playing? I would have been like, are you on crack? Like, no, that's never going to happen. Um, but here we are. I mean, and, and we've got, so I, I, back then the vision would have been probably very different. Right. So it's just, a, I think it's just a matter of um, being, not being afraid. Like there's no rules. You're not locked into any of this. You can constantly be reinventing and revamping and improving and enhancing and getting better and learning and growing that's that's what we do in life and so why not with it with your business yeah that's amazing thank you that's good <laughs> i love it i mean ina i know you and i have talked a lot about your business and and kind of where you are with growing i'm guessing you have a about 50 more questions do you have a couple that are at the top of your list right now a couple of the things as you navigate you know hiring in another province and uh all of these things uh, anything that's at the top of the list right now uh i was curious it sounded just based on some of the terms that you used that you may use some sort of an operating system uh for the business and i know that there's different names different systems i'm curious if that was part of that implementation of the purpose values vision that's a great question yes we did um 
we did implement uh, EOS, the Entrepreneur Operating System, a number of years ago. I think in probably 2015 or 2016. Oh yeah, there you go. You've, you've got the book. Um, so we did implement that, and that that has been very helpful. We don't. I wouldn't say we uh, do it necessarily exactly. We we've taken a lot from it, and and what wor what's worked for us, um, and built around it. But definitely getting you know the vision, the values, um, having you know they talk about rocks. Um, mm -hmm. We, we did do rocks for a long time this past year. Uh, our rocks, you know, fell off the cliff um, for a little while, but we're, we're gonna, we actually, just this morning I had my, um, I have a meeting once a week with my um, COO and um, it was this morning and I said to him, hey, we've got to get back on having our offsite strategy sessions. Like they, it just everything fell apart this year because of, mm -hmm. yeah, we were shut down. Um, but, you know, we're, we're rebuilding and now we're gonna have two businesses that that we need to be managing. So um, definitely having that operating system has been really helpful. Okay, perfect. Uh, I have another question. <laughs> um, do you feel like, did you ever go from a place where you're, you're growing as a business, but there was something that made you make that shift of, I'm tired of this little bit by bit growing and like, I just want to scale. And then um, was it like, you know, was it just the change in your mindset that's that made you go on that road? Because I'm sure that takes time to implement, but I'm just curious if you had just some epiphany of some sort or just the goal that changed one day and um, how do you go about tackling that when you're used to going and that mentality of little growth milestones that you reach to wanting to have this big scale? Um, yeah, it's a great question. And it's so personal, I think. Um, I did, I was very conscious when I first started the Sport and Social Club. Um, I had I had a, a dad who was an entrepreneur growing up and he was always, we went on great vacations every year. Um, he was always around for breakfast and dinner. He, you know, he always came to my school sports games. Um, he was always there to cheer me on at extracurriculars. Um, and, and my mom was, she stayed at home um, she always was on field trips and home baking and just like a real, they were a great team. And I very much was conscious that I wanted to be the best of both of them. I wanted to be going on my kids field trips with them, but I want, I was an entrepreneur. I knew that I wanted to run my own business. I did want to work, but I wanted to have the flexibility. I wanted a lifestyle. So for me, early days, 90, 96, 97, 98, 99, I had people saying, oh, you should do this, you know, across Canada. And I was like, nope just want to do it in Toronto. I want to be around for my kids. So from 96 to 2006, I was all in on my business. And then when my kids were still quite young, I decided I'm taking my summers off. I want to be around for them. I stepped back I, for the next 10 years from 2006 to 2016. I took about 16 weeks a year off. Um, and there was no vision, as, as I mentioned earlier, but the business was doing well and it was providing me the lifestyle that I wanted. Mm -hmm. Then my kids were now older, you know, it's 2016 and I'm kind of looking around going, I'm bored. Like I'd start, I'd also started this community musical theater group for charity. And I was like really all in on that. And that was a passion project, but that had been 10 years now. And I, I was bored and needed change. Um, and so I was debating, you know, should I sell the business and do something different? And it was at that time that I, realized what brings me the most joy is connecting people mm -hmm. through play. So why sell this? Why not grow it? And that's that for me, that was when it became clear. I should challenge myself now in a whole new way, 
by scaling this. I can afford the time now to travel because my 15 year old son doesn't really want to hang out with me anyway. Right. Like, it, you know, um, so it, it was the right time for me and my lifestyle. And, and it's been a great challenge. I mean, doing eight acquisitions in the last, you know, from 2016 to 2019, I learned so much from asking other people, how do you do this? And how do you know, I've just been constantly learning um, ever since. And, and so until I stop until I stop feeling bored and, and learning, I know I'm on the right track and, and there's still a, lot, a long way to go um, for me in, in what we're doing right now. I get excited about getting up every day to get a million people playing. And so right now I know I'm on track with, with what I'm doing, but if I think if you're feeling bored or, you know, mm-hmm. then you know you need change. So, yeah. but it is really, I think very personal. I don't think there's a right time or wrong time to scale mm-hmm. a business. No, but it sounds like exactly you went through that experience of you realize like this is the change I I want, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very conscious. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, is there anything else top of mind? One last question or one last challenge that you're working through right now, either on your own as a founder or with your team or as you grow? So you mentioned the um, mergers and acquisitions. That's another question that kind of keeps hovering in my mind is what is the faster way to be able to also grow and scale quickly uh, rather than, you know, just bringing on another person, another salesperson, another. Um, and I considered, you know, what are the different routes there that you can in a fairly fast way, in a sense, double your business, triple your business? Is it, you know, should you take a loan? Should you acquire somebody else? Should you create some partnerships? And uh, I'm curious if you've investigated like different options uh, or it just seemed like there was a very specific option that really fit your business model or how you went about tackling that kind of question. Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, I did, I looked at organic growth, um, you know, spending more money on marketing and in the regions um, and, and just sort of trying to get people playing in different cities versus franchising um, versus uh, doing some mergers or acquisitions. Um, and for us, given our business model, it was clear that organic growth works, but it does take a lot longer. Um, and franchising is similar um, because if there's already an, a club like ours in a city, they typically would have the permits for the facilities that we need to grow our sports, right? You need to be able to get gyms and playing fields to get people playing. And so that's the the big factor for me, which made it, you know, if, if there are already clubs in a city, I should try and buy all of them or a portion of them and work with them as a partner. And so for our business model, that made the, sen- the most sense to try and grow as quickly as possible. Having said that, the eight acquisitions we did were all quite small. Um, and I'm really happy that I started small because we learn a lot. Every single one of them was different. Like any business you buy, wow, they are not the same, right? Everyone operates their business very differently. Some people have it all in their head. Some people have great systems lined up. Some people have employees that are amazing. Some people have employees that aren't so amazing. And, you know, it's really, you learn a lot from every single one. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, beginning of 2019 that we were ready to, to bite off some bigger acquisitions. Um, and I was super excited about those, but they fell apart because of the pandemic, but we'll get, we'll get them back on track. Um, but, I, you know, we were ready to take on a much bigger, some much bigger deals because I sort of, we walked before we ran. So I would encourage 
if you're going to do some acquisitions, walk before you run. I mean, you know, if, if you don't have to hurry, mm-hmm. you learn a lot um, and you learn sort of what you're looking for. And I'd rather make the mis- mistakes on a smaller scale than yeah. on a bigger scale. For sure. We made mistakes. Like we made lots of mistakes with our acquisitions. You know, you're, it's natural to, to, you're not going to think of everything. That's great. I can only imagine what it was like afterwards to merge cultures and merge then your, you know, your vision, your mission, your purpose, then I'm sure that's a whole challenge in and of itself too, right? It definitely is. It definitely is, especially with employees. Um, but it, it, but you know, it, it's actually worked out quite well. We only, I think, of all the acquisitions we've done, we've let go one employee that didn't work. It, just, you know, and um, and they were on the team for six months, and we gave them a fair shot, but they just, they just couldn't really get in alignment with the culture, right? And that's okay, but we tried. So, um, but I think amazing. asking, having your values in place makes it much easier to merge cultures when you're so clearly defined yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That was amazing. Thank you. My pleasure. That was really fun. I feel like we could do a whole. I feel like we could do a whole episode on like mergers and acquisitions, and like I, I am stunned to hear that you let go of one employee that whole time. Now, some of them weren't. Some of them didn't have employees, right? Some of them were owner operator. So, um, there weren't. They were, and again, these were small businesses. So, um, but. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of the fact that it's worked out well, again, because having your values, having your purpose and vision, if you have all that stuff dialed in, it makes it really easy. You know, one of the acquisitions we did was a partnership where we bought a majority share and that owner is still um, our partner. um, And it was very easy to say to him, these are our values. This is the vision of what we want to do. Do you, does this excite you? Can you, you know, do, do these values speak to you? And, and he's so bang on with our values. Like he's such a good fit for the culture because we are all dialed in on the same stuff, you know? Amazing. Sounds like you'd be fun to work with too. I think that's like, I feel like beside, you know, the, the values that you shared, there's just, a, just a, a sense of fun with your brand, Christy. Definitely. Um, I'm, a, I'm a pain in the butt though. Let me tell you, I, I think I must be, I might be fun occasionally, but I'm probably a bit of a nightmare too, for sure. <laughs> a bit of both. Um, before we go, I have one more question, but I just wanted to stop and say thank you to both of you for joining in. Christy, I'm going to follow up and ask if you might be open to sharing some of uh, the resources that you mentioned that your team uses. I don't know if you have any um, templates or anything like that that uh, might be usable. Um, and we'll have all of these uh, details in the show notes. So for anyone who's listening, don't feel like you have to be taking down all of the notes of all of the steps and we'll have a good little handout as well. So um, you can grab that. And uh, before we go, I just want to ask, you know, what is one of your biggest takeaways from today? What is something that you're going to think about uh, as you leave this recording today and take back into your business or into your life? Yeah, so uh, I mean, all of it was was so great. I, I think that I need to go back and revisit our values um, uh, and, and purpose too, because it's clearly not so well defined. Uh, and I think doing that as a team and like realigning everyone such that everyone moving forward that comes into the team will be aligned with that. Um, I really could see how that can help set the stage for, for scaling um, and, and growing and just everyone be on the same page. Uh, so, so that was, that was really great because I mean, you, I have some of that, but it was a really good refresher that that's actually, you know, what at least someone like Christy sees 
as that key um, takeaway, you know, what, what really helped her grow and scale her business. So, so that was great to hear. Awesome. You know, when, when you ask, be sure to ask your team, what do they think your purpose is before you start? Because they might actually, you might be more in alignment than you think. And it, just a simple email, send me back, what do you think our purpose is? You know, or a Slack message and just keep track of what everyone's answers are. And, and then you'll see whether you're dialed in or not. Perfect. I'll do that. <laughs> That's a good reminder for any business, even just as a check-in, even if you've been around 30 years, just check in with your team and ask. Yeah. You, doing that, doing that every couple of years or once a year, it's really powerful because you also are, if, especially if you're onboarding new people um, and you want them to know the values too, right? Always checking in. Mm-hmm. I and I, can I just share that I learned something today Um as well, which I would love to share. Um, I really was, it was really helpful hearing from both of you. You, you sort of were both touched on um, if you have a big vision, how wouldn't that scare some people? And so that's actually a really good reminder. I think for me, it seems not scary at all. I'm excited and I just want to just go do it. But I think it's a really good reminder to be in touch with my team on that and, and help them to really break it down into bite-sized pieces to keep to keep reminding people of the, that that we'll get there one step at a time and and it doesn't need to be it's a marathon not a sprint right yeah totally so thank, thank you, you so much thank you both thank you i love today's conversation with ina and christy and i learned so much from both of them today i invite you to think about this how well does your team understand your company's purpose vision and values When was the last time you asked them what they think the purpose is? Not as a test, but to ensure your team is all on the same page, driving forward in the same direction. Before you continue to grow or scale, pause to connect with your team. Help them to really understand and believe in your company purpose. I loved Christy's Mission to Mars exercise. If you were to open your business on Mars, which two or three team members would you send? Why would you choose them? What characteristics do they have that could help you define your company's real values here on Earth today? If you were opening a location or providing services on Mars, what parts of your company would you want to replicate and what would you completely overhaul and change if you could? Lastly, I want to invite you to think about your definition of success in this season of your life. As Christy shared in her story, success means something different at every phase of life and at every stage of business. There's a season for everything, and your company can have outstanding culture, whether you have 10 employees or 10,000 employees. Thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait for you to meet the rest of the incredible entrepreneurs who are joining me this season. I'll be releasing new episodes every Wednesday, so be sure to follow the podcast on whichever app you use so you don't miss out on insights, inspiration, and big ideas. Do you know someone that can really use these nuggets of knowledge? Take a quick screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag a friend or two or maybe just me, or feel free to text it right out to people. That's why I created this podcast, to share this expertise and peer-to-peer support with you and all the entrepreneurs who need it. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful for a quick five-star rating and review on whichever app you're listening on. It'll go a long way to helping us serve and support even more entrepreneurs. Thanks again for joining me. I can't wait to connect with you again next week.